0: Welcome to another edition of Let's Watch It Be. Whoa! Uh, Nick is surfing right now, apparently, and he just hit a big wave. I don't, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't Did the damn Freddy Shark come after you and you just got you freaked out? Freddy
1: or? Shark! Freddy Shark! Don't talk to little girls or Freddy Shark comes for
0: you. One of the reasons for me to stay away from the water now is now I already can't swim, but now I'm even more traumatized by seeing Freddy, Freddy Shark in I'm, the damn water. You're going to learn to swim sooner or later. No, I mean, now I got, I got Jaws. I got... The sharks from Deep Blue Sea. And I got Freddy in the water, too. Jason's down there somewhere, too, apparently. Well, and possibly Peter Benchley's creature. I don't even know what that is, and I'm scared. (laughs) You're already uh, scaring me out of that, so no.
1: Or the Megalodon. Or um, anglerfishes. Or
0: or the alligator from Lake Placid. Or a giant bat. Or the damn monster from Cloverfield.
1: Or the creature from the Black Lagoon.
0: So basically, what I'll do is I'll find a nice community pool. Or Godzilla. Well, yeah, I mean that, but I'll find a nice community pool... I don't have to worry about the sea creatures and the, the demons and the, the mass killers from Camp Crystal Lake.
1: Or you watch Supernatural episode, I think, either four or five, where a spirit using water is killing people.
0: I'd rather take my chances in the ocean than watch an episode of Supernatural. So. <coughs> oh, you go watch that episode. Of <laughs> you just found an alternative that was worse to learning how to swim and dying at, at sea. <laughs> now I will do that if it's that versus watch Supernatural. <laughs> you've, you've actually pushed me now to get swimming lessons. <laughs> now I'm going to go ahead and do that. But anyways. Today, there was no way to, there's no way to know what we're doing based on the conversation. Today, we're continuing with our Nightmare on Elm Street series. We've done part one. We've regrettably done part two. We've done part three. Now, here's. I
1: hope, I hope they know we
0: did part three. That was two weeks ago. And today, part four. What, what, what's the damn subtitle? The, the Dream, Dream Master. Ma- Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Now, for those that listen to part three, you know we're big Freddy fans, big fans of the series. But we're also going to be brutally honest about how we feel about certain movies in the series, as we were with Part 2, as will we will be with Part 5, as we will not be with, with Freddy's Dead because we feel like that's a classic and one of the best movies of all time. Better than Shawshank Redemption, even. So basically, we will not be biased towards any movie except for Freddy's Dead. Okay. You know, is, that, is that fair? Um,
1: what? I'm about to stab both of us over. In fact, you just said Freddy's Dead is better than Shawshank Redemption.
0: Yeah, man. Come on, man. Listen. Uh, Freddy on a broomstick or Tim Robbins escaping prison after being locked up innocently for 35 years. I'm taking Freddy on the broomstick, man. Come on. I'm still trying to figure out which one of us is the comedian, which one of us is the straight man. Well, it just switches from week to week. so. I see that. Let's just jump right into the movie, get into it, Tuesday night. Well, let's 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 dive in the background for a second. Nightmare 3, very successful, made a lot of money at the box office. Freddy becomes uh, a nationwide icon. Uh, MTV's calling. Everybody's calling. Big, big deal with Nightmare Part 3. So they rush into production for Part 4. Nightmare 4 comes out very soon after Part 3. So quick, in fact, that apparently they didn't actually have a finished script when the, by the time they were filming it. But in all the chaos, there are some casting... I don't want to say... Mistakes? The problem is we don't know who to blame for this mistake because nobody... And Patricia Arquette is definitely not... I've never seen her comment on the movie or the series. But nobody seems to know if she was just not available, if she wanted too much money, if they didn't... I mean, they clearly wrote her into the script, so they must have asked her. But nobody nobody seems to know how Tuesday Night got the role. So that's kind of a mystery. We're not here to uh, tell stories over at the campfire and spread rumors. But they said on the documentary, actually, that the director, Rennie Harlan had some kind of fling with Tuesday Night and was giving her extra attention on the set, giving her way more time than all the other actors, to a point the other actors actually were mad about it. So maybe in the audition, they just saw Tuesday Night and was like, that's my girl. But let me just say this, though. Before we say anything critical about Tuesday Night, the actress, she can sing, damn it. Yeah, the Nightmare song. Opening credits. Now, it's very unusual for a Nightmare movie to open with, like, it's own damn song. A pop song playing. So, but is it? But is it. But it's Tuesday night singing, and so, it's a damn good song. So here's a question:
1: uh, Remember the song that started in Nightmare on Elm Street three? It was called Into the Fire. Nightmare on Elm Street three ha- had better music because it
0: was metal. No, Hair no, metal, but metal nonetheless. This ends up having metal too, but this opening is appropriate. It's Tuesday night. She's singing, and to me, she's singing in character, and the lyrics make sense for her character. Immediately. We cut from that music to our traditional nightmare music, which is pretty freaky. And we have, of course, the kids on the jump rope, as they always are.
1: And Kristen gets stuck in a damn house again. My thing is, these little kids, like, I mean, do they do anything other than jump rope? I mean, damn, go play some hide and seek. Do something else. Well, here's what I'm wondering. Kristen's had the issue with Freddy. She, she's beating him. Beating him. I use that term very loosely, by the way. So. No, she beat him. They beat him. They buried him. <laughs> they buried and his bones. In unhallowed ground. Well, yeah. Freddy did not lose that fight. Anyway. um. True. So, you'd think, because with these nightmare movies, yeah, these characters make a bunch of stupid mistakes, but from what I've noticed, they are pretty much lucid dreaming. They're able to control their dreams just as much as Freddy's able to control. It's just Freddy has more power at it. So, why does everyone keep walking into... This fucking house,
0: I would have turned around and walked the opposite way. In the dream? Yeah. Well, first of all, can we... I know we do this every Nightmare podcast, but can we take a minute to again discuss the significance or insignificance of this goddamn house? There is no significance. <laughs> what? Why? It's just there. I find it funny that... The house is its own character, sure, but holy hell, it is not Freddy's house, people. By this movie, it's definitely the Nightmare House with some crazy history because... All of our main characters always dream about this damn house. But I would say this is, it's interesting that the opening of Nightmare 3 is Kristen dreaming about the house. They beat Freddy. We cut to part four, and the opening is again. Kristen, like, back to the same position. She's dreaming about the house. Now, good good piece of continuity. The little girl she sees is actually the same actress, the same little girl from part three. Oh, really? Yeah, now, she has a different name in this one, apparently, but... They, her name apparently is Alice in this one, which. Oh yeah! Thing. Okay. But but the little girl on the bike, who I was complaining about, turned into a doll as soon as he started. She started running with him. Mm. That's the same actress. I appreciate that. Nobody would know about that unless you actually really pay attention to it. Mm. Um, and I only read it on the IMDb trivia, but <laughs> but that's still pretty cool that this same damn little girl is in Freddy's dreams or is used as a ploy. When Freddy's doing his thing,
1: okay, so here's another thing, so with everything that's happened, obviously the char- the three are three main characters from the original from the third movie
0: just want to forget all of it and, 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 and my buddy Neil did forget about it, and apparently moved to a desert island because he's nowhere to be seen this one
1: exactly, movie. so Kristen gets scared out of her mind because she heard something, brings Kincaid and Joey in now for one. Has this still been going on since the third movie? Because this is at least, what, six months to a year after the third movie?
0: So they don't necessarily give a date, but I think a one year is a good time frame because she has a new boyfriend, she has a new group of friends. There's been enough time for her to establish a new life. A new- and
1: even though it is it is played by a different actress, she does look older.
0: Yes, but that could be from her not getting good sleep. <laughs> She may have aged herself by uh, all these nightmares. Yeah, but <laughs> what, has she we'll been... Say, we'll say, let's say, earliest six months, latest one year, we'll say.
1: Yeah, so we've, uh, we've actually established in a later scene that she seemed to have a pretty decent life, which means she had no nightmares. All of a sudden, they're starting up again, if we're going to believe this. Why would Kinkane and Joey
0: just blow her off? There's something about their dynamic that I didn't like, and I was going to bring this up a little bit in a, like the, a scene after this, but... I kind of forced it. (laughs) No, but it's actually, I mean, it's pretty obvious from even this initial interaction. Like, it bothers me that clearly they're not friends. And they don't, borderline, they don't even like each other. And, like, they were such a a tight-knit unit in Part 3, by the end of it at least. I mean, they had all bonded pretty much. But, yeah, now it seems like they've all moved on. Like, they still go to the same high school. But, in in fact, they're actually in the same damn class. But it feels like they don't interact enough to actually be friends. Right. And I don't like that. That seems like a betrayal of part three a little bit. Kincaid, I mean, to be fair, Kincaid is basically just like... I I think him and Joey are basically like, we can move on with our lives if you're still talking about this Freddy shit.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, if all of a sudden she's having these dreams again, why? I mean, yeah, they established that she's been, I guess, having these dreams again and pulling them in multiple times, because even Kincaid's like, you gotta stop this. It's getting annoying. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, how long has she been dreaming like this again? And why are y'all not alarmed by this? Usually when these dreams start, they start off low and then they start to escalate.
0: Yeah, so I was going to theorize about this, too, because there's two possibilities here. She, on her own, for whatever reason, is having these nightmares. So there's that part of it, and then there's the part of it where Freddy somehow, even though at this point he's not alive, is still actually having some influence here. I actually think that it's the first part. Freddy is, in fact, dead here. Joey actually has a line to... to, uh, It says something to Kristen that I think kind of sums up the whole thing. Um, Joey said to Kristen, like, they're at school near her locker and he's like has it ever occurred to you that if you keep going in you're going to stir him up so by our theory what freddy is he thrives on fear right yep so the more he gets more power as the fear grows right yep so each time she has this dream she's giving him power basically and joey hits the nail on the head. i think that's the plot here is that has it occurred to you if you keep doing this you're gonna you're gonna stir him up and it's like a throwaway line but i was like that's what's happening every time she dreams about this motherfucker he's like, yes, one more dream, one more thing. It, it doesn't make sense that Freddy actually, while dead, actually is forcing her to dream about him. That's like, we have to buy that right now he is dead at this point.
1: Yeah, you have to buy it even though he was still not buried in hallowed ground. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, since you're talking about the uh, school scene, we, we got. let's go ahead and take it back a few minutes and meet our main character and her brother.
0: Yeah, we have Rick and Alice, and they kind of connect the dots here by Rick is Kristen's new boyfriend, Mm -hmm. and I guess through that, she's also now best friends with Alice.
1: Or it's possible she was friends with Alice first and then started dating Rick.
0: Actually, they both make sense, yeah.
1: Because to be honest with you, if you look at some of the pictures, you see younger photos of a blonde girl and a brunette girl, which would be... I would assume, obviously, I could be wrong, is Kristen and Alice as younger kids. So you know, been...
0: you, could, you could make an easy case that Kristen was friends with Alice and Rick, and then the events of Nightmare 3 happen. She goes to the clinic, whatever mm. the hospital, but during that whole time, yeah, she could have actually still been friends with them. She gets out and maybe reconnects with them. Because you're right, the, they're close to a point where this can't be like a. Like, they've been friends for only six months. Right. There's no way. They're a little bit too close for that to be the case. Um, it's interesting because, like, they're doing a lot here right now. You're still following Kristen, but you're seeing that Alice is a daydreamer. That Which they, only happens three times in the whole movie. It's pretty heavy in the first 20 minutes, but then right. it seems to drop. Right. But it, I think what they're establishing is that she's, like, a natural fit to be somehow involved here because she's already a daydreamer.
1: Yeah, it just makes it, – it, it would make – it would be better if they actually showed that, did that, did more with that, other than the three times and all three times Freddy did jack shit with him.
0: Oh, once Freddy's on the loose, you ain't gonna be daydreaming. <laughs> You'd be like, uh, a daydream? That's a good opportunity for him to kill my ass. <laughs> I understand her just, like, that shit just stopped as soon as Freddy was on the loose. So. <laughs> so, the movie's really confused at the beginning because you have the old Dream Warrior characters, and you're also trying to establish the new characters... And there's just a lot going on. And Freddy's not even back in the movie yet. So we meet Debbie and Sheila in the parking lot. Mm. They have some interesting interaction.
1: We find out Debbie's afraid of bugs and
0: Sheila has asthma. I wonder if that's going to be used again. Well, Sheila clearly is the smartest person in this movie. Because so she's going to have to die soon. Yeah, unfortunately, her dreams of being a doctor, whatever it is, are going to go down the, uh, the nilbog well, I guess. But. Yeah,
1: and, and Deb <laughs> is the strongest.
0: She better get those steroids ready. She gonna no, she, I guess she's going to die last. She's going to need them steroids to take out Freddy.
1: Uh, so now we can talk about the dumbest way Freddy has ever been brought back to life. That's a bold statement. Well, hold on. Let me think about... i trying to think about... I mean, is this the only movie that actually gives us him coming back to life? No. Part, part 5 gives us a version to him being reborn. <laughs> that, that
0: wasn't the dumbest way? You think that... that because was, the
1: dog... This, this tops that? So you're saying a dog with chlamydia is not as bad as a baby being born
0: did you see what the dog's name was the dog's name is jason i think that's a direct shot at i guess it's not really a shot though because jason actually pisses on Freddy's grave so yeah they're but, saying something there but i don't know i don't know what they're saying what they're saying is apparently jason pisses
1: fire someone got to get a book because he got to clap
0: so freddie starts to come back to life to your credit freddie agrees with your idea of the unhaul the ground because he actually says he says you shouldn't have buried me I'm not dead, so
1: <laughs> I I do got something to say about that about that line. Uh, if it's a, ran- it's t- a random line. Besides that, if you pay attention, that was auto tuned in after because Freddie's lips they're not moving when he says it.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> you could you could tell that wasn't him actually talking. <laughs> right, but that kind of you can see that a couple times in this movie actually. Yeah, but in a dream world, it kind of makes sense though. Does yeah. he actually have to physically speak in a dream world? Yes. Everything everything that's the good thing about dream worlds is that everything can be illogical and make sense because it's a dream. Nothing makes sense in a well, dream.
1: Well, since you brought up world building in part two, what about this
0: world building <laughs> with Kincaid's death? There's that cool zoom in of like the entire world. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> That's not, he,
1: he did a whole world building there. If you look on the side, you'll see stuff on fire. Another part, it looks like a quarry, almost a, like two cars about to run into each other. He did some world building with this. Think about if he just killed Kincaid by leaving him there to rot.
0: Yeah, you're right. This was the most world building since that damn bus scene in part two. He really goes a long way showing to... Well, I guess he's just showing his powers back. Kincaid does, in fact, use his strength a little bit. Once. Pushes a car over, but he celebrates too early. I mean, he gets cocky. He's like, like, yeah!
1: He doesn't even fight... Take take that, mother! Freddy literally grabbed a hold of his shirt, and I I don't know about you, but if someone grabs a hold of my shirt, I'm pushing his damn arm away and
0: slapping the shit out of his nuts. I think Kincaid was in shock, but I got a question about that, though. It's interesting. Kincaid's death, when I think about other people's deaths in the series, did Freddy just, like, respect him or something? Because he gave him, like, really... A quick death? Really a quick, light death, and even, like, actually kind of, um... Like, talk to him. I mean, to be fair, they let Kincaid get a one-liner in on Freddy before he... Oh, yeah. And, uh, and that's
1: w- where the respectable would have definitely come in at, because once he stabs him, Kincaid's just like,
0: I'll see you in hell. But <laughs> even, the, even the stabbing, they show Kincaid wake up and just, like, almost, like, just have a heart attack and die. hmm Like, when you think about all the other deaths, and the, the deaths you're going to see coming up very quickly, Kincaid got a very, very easy... This should be, like, a pissed-off Freddy coming back from the grave. This is the first mofo he sees, and he's just like, ah, Quick stab! And, and after he stabs him, this is why I know it wasn't that bad, because he stabbed him, and Kincaid just like, nah, see you in hell. I was bringing this up. The so issue Kincaid I actually, did get some I'm trying to say, Kincaid did get some justice. <laughs> Clearly, Freddy respects him a little bit.
1: Yeah, but what I have an issue with this movie is a lot of... is uh, Three of these deaths are pretty lackluster, in my opinion. Out of well, the
0: five. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll get to each death. But I thought... Kin- this was one of them. I thought Kincaid's death was okay. Now This was pretty lackluster, in my opinion. The actual... The fact that he just stabs him, yes, in theory that is bad. But the buildup, I thought, was like I said, with the cars and stuff and, and the world building. I'm <laughs> using that term very loosely. I, I just think that if I think about it in character, Freddy wasn't messing around. He was just like, you know, I'm not taking no chances. I'm just going to stab this kid. I mean, uh, give him credit. He did play a little bit more with Joey again. Joey's death is brilliant because finally this motherfucker gets what's coming to him. He gets honey trapped twice in the same movie series. It seems like Joey being able to talk is just like he—he can speak now, but his intelligence is gone. It's like he lost his intelligence. Well, here's a real question: I thought him
1: talking was his dream power.
0: Well, why is he able to talk in real life? I don't know. I think the actor demanded, and he's like, like, (laughs) "I'll come back. Y'all gotta let me speak, all right?" I think it was in his contract. This death scene is just fun to me because it's typical Joey falling for a girl again. This time, though, a girl in a bed, you'd think that would make him a little bit suspicious and maybe think, hey, am I dreaming? Maybe this is, this is very familiar to what happened to me in part three. You would think that would come to his brain. A- but again, <sighs> but I thought it was a cool sequence because the girl disappears. Freddy comes up from the waterbed, chokes him out, and drowns him and stabs plays- him. How's this for a wet dream? <laughs> My man Freddie, back with the one-liners. Now, there's a bigger problem here we can talk about. And we talk about the this a little fact
1: little. that the mom finds her son somehow under in the water. So <laughs> that's does, not really, That's
0: not what I was gonna say, but that's actually pretty cool. So here's the real <laughs>
1: question I got. So almost so for four out of these five deaths, all the kills in this movie look like either freak incidents or an accident.
0: This one? How no, do you explain he's, this? He's trapped in the waterbed. <laughs> what was the police write-up on the, <laughs> the case file? I was like, we found the kid. Uh, he was in the waterbed. The waterbed was sealed, though. <laughs> it wasn't like... The, was the room flooded? No, it wasn't even flooded. He was in the waterbed. Yeah, so, again, why did Freddie leave him <laughs> with an unexplainable death? I think Freddie likes messing with the cops. He, there's no way anybody can write a police file and explain this logically, how this kid died. But the bigger thing I was going to say was that the two actors when they were told they were coming back they were shocked when they found out that they were getting killed off that quickly they both wanted bigger roles
1: well I, I would have been shocked too I mean hell we beat Freddy once and now you're dumbing us down to cannon fodder
0: it makes me think I wonder so I don't know the timeline I wonder if that if somehow Patricia Arquette was coming back if suddenly now they all have big roles and it's just a, a follow up to part 3 was it literally like maybe just her not coming back was like oh, fuck these kids then we're gonna move on to like a new thing Maybe they didn't trust Tuesday night to carry the movie, but our dream warriors and this movie became dream... Dettos. Dream puppets. Dream peasants. Deadites. Dream deadites. Dream deadites. Don't ask. My point was this first part of the movie, first 20 minutes is very disjointed, very confusing because there's too much going on. I almost feel like you should have just not brought them back at all. You could have used this time on the new characters. They would have been developed better. You wouldn't have had half the fans pissed off at what you did with the Dream Warriors from the previous movie. But. I don't know if it's worth it. But you would not have had Robert England dressed as a nurse. We gotta have that. I'll tell you what, Kristen goes out with some very cool dream sequences, I'll say that. So,
1: I would have loved to see what Freddy did if he just killed her as Freddy Shark. <laughs> Okay,
0: this beach scene is amazing to me.
1: <laughs> it what The beach scene is pretty amazing. I mean, you sit, just she's just sitting there thinking, she, okay, she finally beat Freddy. She knows how to control what dream she has. All of a sudden, Freddy just comes out of nowhere.
0: And blows up the kid's sandcastle. <laughs> and then he has the sunglasses on, and now we've, we have we jumped the shark into straight, goofy, comedic Freddy. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no going back now in this series. There's no turning back. We had a little bit of serious Freddy in part three, but we saw where things were headed, and now... Uh, stand-up comedian Freddie has arrived and there's no turning back now
1: so before we continue on with Kristen's death uh, there is one thing I wanted to point out that happens a little bit before where we actually finally
0: meet Dan well you yeah, what, the, what the hell is this scene it, it's it's done very weirdly so uh this is not how social interactions work <laughs> so, for me that's what
1: Vic was having an issue with with me I was enjoying the fact that they named the diner Crave Inn oh yes <laughs> But now that I think about it, I kind of have an issue with the fact that they called it Craven. I know it's because, you know, Wes Craven. But um, the diner wasn't an N, So why the fuck
0: did they call it an N? Considering Wes Craven's involvement in the series at this point, shouldn't it be called Crave Out? <laughs> See, that's still what made no, that would have been a funny little tongue-in-cheek tongue in inside joke, Crave Out. Crave In makes it sound like Wes was still involved in the movie, which he wasn't, so...
1: Well, that and the way they spelt it made you think it was also a hotel.
0: Here they're, here they're paying homage to Wes, and then Wes, meanwhile, when it made Scream, where the opening line is like, oh, the sequel sucked at the Nightmare series. I didn't pick up on that until you told me about it, which was interesting. There are some little things in the movie that are fun like that. The damn thing, I'm just like, he suddenly joins their group it's really random
1: well so he was apparently f- apparently he's friends with rick well considering fact he went to the diner with another
0: friend yeah because he pretty much leaves his friend there. he just he just leaves <laughs> and they go to um the Freddy house let's call it i guess and rick is given the whole backstory yep now, this, is, this has always been a thing we've talked about though it's like how where is the town of freddy and and then and the, the the answer had always been well not very much but now rick knows rick's seen the first three movies yeah but here's the thing um what the hell uh why hasn't dan like how long has he been oh there I, so he did say something like um he said, like I have. I, he said I had to move to the, the town or something. He said something indicated that he just moved there. Okay. But then, then again, also, why would you be in this friend group then? But yeah, but that was because um, he
1: wanted Alice, even though he dated like three girls throughout this whole damn movie.
0: That felt like some the obligatory, like, explain to the audience in case you haven't seen the previous ones. Yeah. I don't think the Freddy movies need that. No movies, no need, movies that. need that. But especially not the Freddy movies. Especially not the Jason movies, and they do it all the time. Yeah but Rick knows the whole damn story so basically between 3 and 4 especially between 2, two and 4 apparently now Freddy is a ta- like a town legend and everybody knows about him so everybody should believe Kristen because everybody is out in the open like this motherfuckers killed people in the town but the mom the, apparently the, the, the parents still want to suppress that so they so they, Kristen's mom drugs her and then we get her beach scene Kristen actually tells her mom you just killed me mom what and she then she did. dies that's what she did imagine yo the mom is gonna kill herself uh, so for next week also
1: um why would you leave your mom in, a, in that gonna, state of panic I guess they classify Kristen's death as a suicide by burning that, that has to be one of the worst ways to die
0: <laughs> well who would commit suicide by laying in the bed and be like I'm gonna set the bed on fire apparently Kristen and look and this is this is the main death I wanted to say where I was saying Kincaid got off easily poor Kristen what, she has to burn to death? Yep, what? she gets thrown right in the furnace. By the way, what what the hell was that? She ran at Freddy with so. What, what was her plan? She ran at Freddy and Freddy just grabs her and tosses her ass in the Apparently furnace. her plan <laughs> was to look like a damn rag doll going in the... <laughs> Why did she even, like, run at him? Well, what the hell was that? It was... Oh, that was literally, like, just like, okay, it's her time to die because she randomly runs at Freddy. Freddy, like, tosses her as if she's, like, a, a five-pound dumbbell, and then she's just in the furnace, and... She's burning, but she looks like she's covered in mud. Right, so she gives she's
1: Alice... Bu- she's big. She's in a mud bath instead of a fire. So now she gives Alice her power. I did not know that was a thing. Alice, take my powers! So I did not know, apparently, you can, uh, people can inherit dream powers. I want to inherit Freddy's power
0: to fuck with people's dreams. That'd be nice. Freddy knew about this, though, because he's telling Kristen, Why don't you bring one of your friends in? Well, yeah, because he wants to kill more. He can't kill anymore if Kristen's dead. Yeah, Freddy knew that she can give the powers off if she's dying. I mean, we always question Freddy's motivations because he always has a plan. His plan here was obviously kill the Dream Warriors, who get his revenge, and now with Alice having the powers, he has a whole new group of friends he can stalk. And now, like finally... Like Yeah, and by, by the way, but now for me, finally the movie picks up now because now we can actually focus on our actual characters we're going to follow.
1: Well, considering the fact that, uh... N- nothing really happens between Kristen's death and Sheila's death. Let's just talk about Sheila's death.
0: Well, listen, I feel bad because Sheila was going to be a doctor and she spent all that time studying for the exam and it wasn't going to matter because Freddie wasn't going to let her pass that test no matter what. So. Oh, hell no. He was too busy sucking her face. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Suck face. You know, Freddie usually uses your, your fear against you. He was trying to have, uh, attack from five different angles there. It was like, um, you're a geek, so... You know. Robot arm. Yeah, what, what the hell is that? That was a
1: robot arm.
0: Yeah. And then he just sucks all the air out of her. Now, that was cool, though. The visual was actually pretty cool. Yeah, it was. I don't mind, I don't mind this death. My only problem with was that they have Alice in the scene, but Alice is like a mute in the scene. She can't talk for some reason. She's just observing, but she can't seem to talk. Uh, she could have just actually yelled out. And if she was in the dream... Well, she, she was trying to tell Sheila to wake up. But she didn't speak, though. She's just, like, looking. Like, what? Speak. Yell. Do something. So Alice pretty much seems like her being in the dream seems useless. I mean, when Kristen w- had pulled people into her dreams, she could still talk to them. Like, she pulled Nancy in, and she could talk to Nancy. Alice is like just, like, a weird observer in the background. Well, remember, talk, so.
1: Alice is just Devin Sauer, the Devin Sawa of
0: Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. You know, it says everything a little bit too late. (laughs) Hey, one thing we missed, though, is I want to talk about um, Rick practicing karate in his garage.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's a character development. So Rick knows karate. Okay, next.
0: But did you pick up on why he's doing karate? It was pretty clear to me. It was hinted at, but it's not really spelled out, that he's doing karate because his father is an abusive father and he wants to be able to protect his sister or protect himself. I think there's a definitely an undertone of like that being an abusive father and that's like driving Rick to learn karate and shit. That's I it's not spelled out but I'd be damned if that's not what's going so on. So I and they hint at it because he's doing the karate and the father pulls into the garage and you can see this look of like stress and worry come over Rick. He stops doing the karate. But if it is, it's a beautiful character development thing. But yeah, but I don't
1: think that is. I mean, I can see where he'd be abu- He's actually been shown as slightly abusive already. Yeah, d- with the dinner scene itself.
0: But, but that it, it makes it make sense of why he's. So into his damn karate. Either he knows he's gonna be fighting Freddy, or he's preparing for this. This uh, this step. But father, I don't. But so.
1: And I don't think that the father himself wants to do any harm to the kids, which we'll actually see a little bit more development from him a little later.
0: Maybe the, there's definitely a, a strained relationship there in this movie, at least.
1: So now we also get a new rule for Freddy in this, because now that all the Elm Street kids are dead, he now has to have somebody pull kids into their dreams so that way Freddy can get to them. So right now, all he can do really is fuck with Alice until she brings somebody in.
0: Yeah, basically he needs <clears throat> Alice. Good for Alice. It means she's safe because he can't kill her. So Oh, he does He does try though. Well, he's gonna kill all her friends so she's probably for the rest of her life he's gonna watch everybody she knows die. But she herself will be safe, I yeah. think. so. But Rick's death. Yeah, you know, I mean... Okay, we can skip it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, I mean, look, I... I like Rick, and I'm sad he died, and I feel like everything I've seen online, at least, most people feel like Rick exits the the movie too early. Like if you think about it, and the Nightmare series always does this, Nightmare does this with like part five, Freddy's dead, they always, they get it wrong as far as who to kill off early. In this movie, they make a decision to focus on Alice and Dan. Whereas Dan's basically a faceless character and you could have easily made it a brother and sister teaming up versus Freddy.
1: Honestly, they should have done brother and sister because you had more chemistry with them. Dan's only in a handful of scenes.
0: Yeah, it's like you have to, you have to shoehorn in this fake romance. It, it, it cleared to me like they were just like a, um, a misstep of thinking the audience cared about Dan at all. I thought when Dan was pretty introduced, I was like, oh, that's someone who's probably going to die early on, basically. But then you see everybody else die you're like, oh... Well, okay, he's he's our main he's our main male character. Well, here here's a and that's a misstep I think.
1: Here's another question. Uh, in the same scene, you know, the same nightmare scene, uh, you didn't notice a cameo in there, right? Kristen. No, it was a lecturer, the person giving the lecture. Oh, uh,
0: Bob Shay. Yep, he's in a couple of them. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Anyway, so Rick's death. He fights Invisi-Freddy.
0: Yeah, man. So you know the we might as well tell the behind the scenes on this basically. They didn't have the money to actually do a real death scene, so this is what we got.
1: From what I understand, the real death scene was supposed to be after the elevator, the floor was actually supposed to give out, and uh, Rick's supposed to fall in a black hole.
0: That would make sense.
1: But they didn't have the budget for it.
0: Whatever that it was, I would have preferred that to this. Yeah. The, there was such no budget to, to a point where they considered just keeping him alive but they had already filmed his funeral scene was one of the first scenes they shot, so they were like, fuck, we already filmed the funeral scene so we can't keep him alive. So they had to do something so you have this death scene that Freddie and Robert E. not even on the set for.
1: the, The only thing you get is some words, some fake punching sounds, a fake grapple that just looked like
0: shit. I was telling you, the... The actor, to his credit, he was like, hey, I trained for weeks. I was expecting an actual fight scene. It's like I showed up on set, and they just wanted some Hollywood kung fu fake bullshit. Yep. He was like, they wouldn't let us actually do like a real fight. Would have been cool. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, Robert England could have done it because we saw in *Freddie vs. Jason, he was kicking Jason's ass with some kung fu there for a minute, so. Stun double. I think he picked that up from Rick's son in this movie, so.
1: Probably. I mean, he did take Rick's soul for a little bit.
0: Well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> hey, some people like pineapples on pizzas. Some people like Rick on their pieces. So. Uh,
1: well, here, here's another thing that makes no damn sense. So during the funeral scene, obviously, you know, she's daydreaming. This is her last time she ever daydreams. This was kind of creepy. So Rick gets up out of there and says, yeah, I'm just doing this to fuck with Freddy. I'm going back to bed now. See you,
0: see you soon. That was really creepy.
1: So the part that pisses me off is she's talking to Dan and Deb, the last two friends alive. And she even goes mind over matter. I'm like, I don't think that's how that—that's the correct terminology for the scene.
0: No, but I think that the point is that she's telling Debbie basically like it's not all the weightlifting in the world is not gonna stop you for like not gonna.
1: Well, maybe not, but that line still makes no any.
0: damn sense. Mind over matter.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I guess. I guess the reason this makes no sense is. Later on in the movie, she tries to
0: use physical force anyway. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, I, one thing we just mentioned is that it is being hinted at throughout the movie the, the fact that whenever someone dies, she absorbs their... Power. Their strength, I guess. None of had powers, per se, but, but let's say now that Rick dies, she can throw a karate chop or um, I guess Sheila die means that Alice can actually pass. Do her homework now. So, yeah.
1: well, now this is the the scene I was talking about with the dad. The dad's now distraught that one of his kids are dead. Yep. So now he's, I guess, lamenting on the fact that he never actually loved his kids enough. So now he's worried about Alice. He doesn't want her to die. So he goes, "Look, just just stay home for me. Let me get my shit together." She's like, "Nope." Can't do it. Well, uh, she originally says, okay, and then goes upstairs and passes out. And the most, this dream sequence of Alice makes no fucking sense to me.
0: Wait a minute, man. Sometimes you just want some movie popcorn, man. You can't get it in stores. You can only get it at the movie theater. She went for the popcorn. Then why did she go inside? She To, went, watch, to sit down. She went there. She didn't realize the new Christian Slater movie came out. She was like, hey, Christian Slater. She was like, hey, how much is the ticket? And the guy was like, it's free for you, Alice. You, do noti- you didn't notice she gave the ticket taker money, right? And that was Monopoly money. It's, it, that's, it's dream money. It's dream money. When she wakes up, that money will still be in her wallet. So here's the question.
1: So again, we just established that these nightmares, whenever they deal with Freddy, the people are lucid in them. So knowing full well what the fuck is going on why would she decide oh Dan's not here there must be an issue she goes oh look a movie theater I'm gonna go in and watch a movie and maybe a werewolf will eat me I don't know what she was thinking they could have done this scene the exact same way in her damn bedroom and it make more fucking sense
0: and in, in this movie at least I don't think they're lucid because we've seen we've seen a lot of seen, people make some stupid mistakes we've seen Chris on the beach just thinking she's off the beach uh, we seen Joey like seeing there's a girl in the water bed, just be like, Hey, that can't be Freddy, it's a girl in the waterbed yeah. Like, there's definitely not a, not a lot of self awareness in these dreams, it feels like. But that said, the stupidity of how she got there, the whole purpose is for her to end up in the, the 1950s diner where uh,
1: Freddy eats a Rick Ball.
0: Freddy, man, he, he's not playing, man he's messing with alice's head he's eating a pizza he's got a brother as a meatball yep he says rick you little meatball yep cool Listen, to be fair cool again good ass special fact you can tell that's rick in the damn meatball okay so now
1: that she finally wakes up from the damn dream uh we get debbie's death this death in my opinion is pretty fucking brutal
0: the uh the cockroach what? So this was telegraphed with her squashing the bug earlier in the movie. Yep. Yeah, you know, if you're not a bug person or bugs creep you out, I would just skip this scene because I feel like I'm, I don't like bugs myself, but I'm not necessarily creeped out by them, but this shit disgusted me. Especially when he forced the weight down oh. and her elbows just ripped right off. Did I. you I like, cringe? Ah. I'm thinking about how painful that yeah, is. Yeah, I was like, oh my fuck. This is why, again, I can't stress enough. Uh, motherfucking Kincaid got off easy as shit compared <laughs> to some of these deaths he's like torturing these, these poor people Damn! remember no pain no gain Cena no. <laughs> ripped her elbows off and tore her ligaments we did not really heard of before and she
1: turns into a cockroach and Freddy says the normal one liner for a cockroach death you can check in but you can't check out
0: stomps the bug right
1: no, she, he squishes the roach guts out.
0: And you see all the roach guts going
1: around mm-hmm. So, and during, yeah, the, during this dream sequence, Dan and Alice are stuck in a loop while Freddy's fucking with Debbie.
0: Did you get a sense that maybe your move, the movie wasn't working correctly? Yeah. Like The first time I saw it, I was just like, I was like, hey, did I rewind this shit by accident? <laughs> like, it was actually done pretty well because sometimes you do have dreams like that. Where shit is like weird like that, basically. Yep. So it was a play on that. But I was like, yeah, I was, they got me because I was like, hold up. Is up wrong my disc. Well, <laughs> and then when Debbie
1: dies, uh, they get a flash of light. They're outside of the loop and Freddie's standing there in the
0: middle of the road. There he is. My main man, Freddie. So she tries to hey, run hey, him no, over. Ignoring all, all traffic signs and yep. proper street road etiquette. Yep and she hits a tree. Well, listen, I mean, you can aim for Freddie sometimes. You or can, you can just slam into a tree. You confuse that with the maple tree sometimes. They kind of look alike a little bit, I guess. So.
1: Yep, so now we have kind of a rush against time. And by time, I mean Dan's eventually going to get sedated for whatever surgery. Also, why does he need surgery?
0: Well, because of his injuries. <laughs> his unspoken injuries that we don't know what exactly happened to him. I am
1: about to say, what injury warrants... I mean did I mean, his, his arm get did his ribs get so smashed that they needed to go in and put super glue on his Look, rib
0: cage I'm just going to come out and project I think this is what happened heart transplant <laughs> <laughs> he needed immediate heart surgery he had to be on the donor list did he, so what did he just have a heart attack
1: that we didn't know of I think so <laughs> okay well so now we got a race against a, hey Alice I said a race against time now I go you home and remove every fucking picture off your mirror
0: but I got so nostalgic watching this because first, finally, first of all, she's finally putting together um, the idea that like Captain Planet, all of our powers combined forms one thing. So she's embracing that all her friends are with her in spirit, but also in power as well. She's basically she's leveling up now. She's going to fight Freddy. She's got to do this basically.
1: Yeah. So she jumps through the mirror. Freddy fucks with him a bit. And then we go into a random church. Now, this church. It's a random church. It is a random church. It's a random church. But it's, church. Uh, again, color... Uh, that, from what color, I understand, there was actually kind of a small story they had about this church that was important to Freddie, but they mm. never had... They, again, they didn't have the budget, and they didn't have the time slot for that fucking scene.
0: Well, I'm going to make a very easy stretch. It's not a stretch, but it's got something... Freddy
1: was baptized in that church.
0: No. Oh. Maybe. But basically, <laughs> it's got something to do with his nun mom pretty clearly maybe maybe his nun mom worked there or something i guess so we get but but this church is basically a gateway to something because obviously in this church a lot of crazy shit can happen
1: oh yeah like freddie and alice having a fight yep and alice just sitting there you'd think that uh the more you hit somebody and the more they laugh tells you you should probably stop hitting them it's not working
0: I thought that was hilarious, though. <laughs> the way he kept laughing, he, his laughing kept growing. And I was laughing my ass off. He's like, ah! He kept laughing, never hit. Once this, once the fight starts going, it's actually a pretty good fight. And if you think of final confrontations in the series, it's better than anything Nancy did with Freddy. It's better than the part six fight in Freddy's Dead at the end. Definitely better than that one. I mean, I feel like... Um, and there's like some... There's enough special effects nothing's going on that're interesting. So then
1: we get a little sci-fi spoof of a laser gun. <laughs> right. Which again, it's a it's a dream, everything it still makes sense in the context, but uh again, lady, obviously physical damage ain't working.
0: Nah, I mean you're in Freddy's world, so anything within the dream, there's got to be a bigger plan. She finally comes to the plan at the end, but before that the plan was just a fight Freddy until he sliced your head off, probably? I
1: guess, but now she finally decides, oh, wait a minute, I remember the Dream Master, which is just, you know, the old uh, prayer rewritten
0: for the movie. You know, there's something, there's something with Freddy basically where With him, if you believe it, it's automatically right. Well, I guess with it being a dream. Think about how Nancy got rid of him in the first one. It was just some bullshit of like um, power of belief. Just her saying, You don't have any power over me, I don't believe in you, and him disappearing. And you're shit. So it's almost like it's almost always in the the victim's power to get rid of Freddy if you just like don't believe in him, or in this case. Show him how ugly he is to himself. Freddy, Freddie saw himself for the first time. He's like, "Oh shit, who is that?" So I think Freddy thought he was a good-looking, handsome fellow. So the
1: only question I got: the Dream Master, is it an actual thing? Is it? It it would have to be. There's no way something, nothing can cause what the fuck happens to Freddy.
0: I think that the the irony of it, basically, is that Alice herself is the Dream Master. because actually it says in the movie basically that um she's like the the gatekeeper they 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 say something like there's like there's a gatekeeper or somebody who let's say is supposed to make things hard for freddie um maybe that was nancy and then nancy died it wasn't Kristen, i don't think because Kristen, dumbass got thrown in the fire too easily so yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna ignore Kristen. i think in terms of heroes, I think it goes Nancy, then Alice. I don't think Kristen's even in the conversation. But yeah, so Freddie, basically, uh, all his souls are eating him alive, and that damn pizza's giving him some serious heartburn. Oh, and also, <laughs> so,
1: also for anyone who's a Linnea Quigley fan, but she was one of the souls inside of Freddie.
0: Just showing that, yes, she was naked in a lot of movies in the 80s. <laughs> a lot of them. Almost all of them. So the ending doesn't really suggest a sequel per se. But you kind of get a feeling um, that Freddy's still around.
1: What, what do you mean it doesn't suggest the, a sequel? She sees him in the damn fountain. Yeah, but I think it's one of her daydreams,
0: though. She sees him in a fountain. She's back to daydreaming. Well, then Freddy daydreams himself in the fountain. No, I think I think luckily for Freddy, when his victims beat him, they still kind of keep him around by fearing him. Yeah. The best thing you can do with Freddy is forget his ass immediately, erase it from your mind and move on with your life. And if you move on to your life, all these people, they moved on to life, it, they would never come back. But with Nancy, with Kristen, with Alice, they keep obsessing about Freddy still and, and he comes back, so. Yep, so, movie's over. Happy ending.
1: Everyone died. Well, sort of. Well, no, I was hoping Dan would die, but he's still alive, so. Yep, nope. Nope, so, on to our... Best performances
0: of the day. Best performance is Tuesday night singing of the Nightmare Song. <laughs> the best thing about that movie is the damn song. And also shout out to the, the rama song, Anything Anything. That was good. Uh, I got that on my, uh, my phone. I've had that on my phone for a long time, though. And uh, there was one other song also that... I don't know. The movie just had some great 80s music, honestly. The music was the MVP as far as I'm concerned. Um, okay, but being serious. Uh, actual best performance... Man, it's soft. That is soft.
1: Okay, then I'll, I'll go ahead and answer. Wait, in all now.
0: these movies, we have to basically... Our rule is always to... No not, Freddy. No Freddy. You always want to give it to Freddy.
1: I always do, especially this time, because, to be honest, the main characters, even Lisa Wilcox, who played Alice, she did an okay job, but it's still... She just... I don't know if they this is how they directed her she just seemed very spacey it could be the fact that she apparently maybe she was having daydreams that we just never saw but uh i'm gonna give, even though he, we did harp on him needing to die i'm actually giving it to dan
0: <laughs> what the hell how <laughs> he, dare you be, how, how dan you <laughs> <He> <laughs> what
1: was is still this pretty, betrayal
0: of it was still fairly believable i mean
1: the girl he likes her brother's getting picked on so he defends him uh, he goes and dies, and then he still wants to get with his girl, even though he dates, like, three other girls. So, he, yeah, he's, you're right.
0: He's a useless... You, you've you turned this into an unhallowed po- podcast. This is an unhallowed podcast. Like <laughs> I can say, it, it's an unhallowed podcast now that you've said that, right? Dan is the most useless character in the movie. No, he's not. He if actually... It, they,
1: they, if he didn't end up in the hospital to get sedated... She would have been a much...
0: She could have been in a position of strength instead of desperately race against time. That's because Dan's ass had to... Race against time My ass? She went home. <laughs> she didn't even find her random booze. Like, hey, I'm tired. I need to sleep. Hey, she had to eat first to take a nap, right? She was being responsible, right? Um, Is that your actual serious answer? Actually, yes. Oh, my God. Seriously? <laughs> On the opposite side, the reason I'll go with Lisa Wilcox Alice, I feel like it's a, it's a tale of two halves because I agree with you in the first half of the movie especially... She seems extremely lost. The first half of the movie feels like it's her first movie, but I think some of that is actually just they're so confu the the character is so confused in the first half because you still have you still have Kristen there you have like eleven characters trying to establish all we know about her is that she's a daydreamer but there's no real development beyond that. I would say that in the second half of the movie, uh, whatever her performance seems way more focused her acting seems to be better now that her character's more focused so I feel like in the second half of the movie she becomes an actual true hero let's say right. so I'll give it to her with a special shout out also to Kincaid's five minutes because I feel like Kincaid did what he could with this five minutes of time he was the same guy from the third one yeah Joey felt like a different dude. It almost felt like a different actor was playing Joey. I thought he was a different actor. I thought, I thought that uh, Kristen and Joey had new actors, and then there was Kincaid. So, big shout-out to Kincaid. So, I just,
1: um, so I'm actually going to change my best character to uh, the soul in Freddy's body,
0: Linnea Quigley. Worst performance. I mean, for me... <laughs> This is Dan who has one facial expression the entire movie, which is that slightly worried, slightly confused. He's always confused. Even when he's in surgery and he's supposed to be put out to sleep, he still looks confused. His sleeping face is confused. So, uh, you're going to hate me for the worst. Um, for
1: me, Tuesday night. I don't, you know. She, for me, she overacted a little bit too much. Yeah,
0: I can see that. <laughs> She gets a lot of hate online. I don't think she was that bad. No, oh, no, she wasn't that bad. Some of it, some of it is like built in. Is like you're, sort of comparing her to Patricia Arquette naturally because you just saw that.
1: As yeah. So and she, to be honest,
0: she's a different person.
1: What's bad is it's the same thing with say uh, the Silence of the Lambs and the Hannibal movie. Yeah. You got two different people who played this character, and of course you're always going to set uh, start. Trying to figure out is the second person as good as the first, and once that if there's even a slim chance that she's not automatic hate, she so had for, she had no chance
0: exactly. Maybe if if Tuesday night had played her in part three, and this was Patricia, Patricia Arquette, maybe they could have pulled that off because Patricia Arquette is a better actress. Mm. But you're, you're doing a different character with a lesser actress. I mean, Tuesday night, I mean. Did she actually do anything else ever I'm not again? Sure. I, I mean, again, to me, she's a great singer. I love that song, so oh, yeah. she should have actually had a musical career. But um, still, for me, it's just the overacting she had.
1: Maybe if the if she was a more of a major character in this one
0: and had more, it's very unique. She is the first twenty minutes. She's by far the main character. Right. She has the most screen time. Every scene follows her in the first 20 minutes. So again, I just feel like the Dream Warriors in general, although I love Kincaid in this movie, I would have just not brought them back. I would have started a whole new story with Alice, Rick, and her friends. Pick up a year later, the Dream Warriors have moved on with their lives, moved to a different city. Chris uh, and Summer actually on a beach, mm-hmm. um, talking to a little girl named Alice. Yeah, Kincaid's like a mechanic working somewhere in the junkyard. <laughs> no, now
1: nah, he's probably a boxer, Fi- currently fighting Jason he's on the top of a New York
0: Manhattan skyscraper. Joey's moved to LA to try to be a porn star, but it's not working out for him. No, he, um, he keeps losing it too fast. The movie suffers from the first half an hour is very disjointed. It suffers because you have the Dream Warriors, you have new characters, and. Again, I just did not like that they didn't get along. The fact that it feels like Kristen, Joey, and and Kincaid don't like each other feels very weird. To be fair that, though, I've read also that the actors themselves felt like no chemistry with Tuesday Night because they were like, this is not a real reunion because you're a different actress. So even they felt awkward about there being a new uh, cast member playing Kristen. Yeah. So Um, best scene for me is the cockroach scene. I'm going to go with the cockroach scene, too, because it's a top five Freddy kill in the series. For
1: me, it's because, again, as you brought up, top five Freddy kill, but it definitely goes back to scary Freddy with this
0: one. This is like cruel, sadistic, cruel, sadistic torture you, Freddy, using your worst things against you, basically. Exactly. So he's like, oh, you got a problem with bugs? Oh, oh you're going to wish you had some raid. <laughs> so, um, Well, not anymore, seeing as how she is the bug. Oh, well, she would spray herself to put herself out of her misery before he <laughs> crushes her in the house. Huh? Worst scene, Rick's death you know what Rick's death is? What's funny is like even though it's stupid, there's some rewatchability that's so hokey and so funny to me that I can get comedic value out of that. I so can't. I'm not gonna say his death. Man, the worst scene. You're gonna scene. say Joey's. I, I understand. No no pizza. I like I like Joey's death scene. I'm gonna say Kristen's that scene. Kristen. Also, this
1: is the only movie that has more titties than all the other movies. This one had two titties. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, you got the water waterbed girl. Oh, yeah. And Linnea Quigley and Freddie Body.
0: You, I don't count the Freddie Body, though. That's not true titties.
1: Still, still titties.
0: Anyways, too much titty talk. Um, <laughs> um, no, no such thing. No, my, actually, my worst scene is, is Kristen's death because I just don't understand her running at Freddie and Freddie tossing her like she's a, a ragdoll. Oh, come on, because she
1: is a ragdoll.
0: That, of the three characters she went out the most pathetic way possible basically allegedly um (laughs) allegedly she's still alive somewhere on the beach (laughs) yeah that wasn't actually Kristen. that was uh
1: exactly so who would you eliminate you've already talked about this
0: oh yeah but that's controversial i'm actually eliminating the dream characters dream warriors i would eliminate the dream warriors i feel like take them out if you're gonna do that death then just keep Kristen. opening scene have her die before she dies she passes on to her friend alice and then we just follow alice using the whole 20 minutes half an hour to follow someone follow Kristen, and establish her to kill her off and then a whole new group of friends you just don't have the resources for it. you clearly didn't have the budget for it you don't have the runtime for it
1: so bring uh, back neil since uh you're gonna think mine's kind of boring but i wrote no one no one you would uh eliminate yeah i mean the reason is the dream warriors, we already knew them. So I'm kind of happy we actually still get kind of an ending for them no matter what. Sure. They're being killed off. That's fair. Even though or if we did eliminate them from the sto- from this story, have like something maybe uh, Alice calls them, it calls one of them somehow get, you know, gets Kristen's phone book sees Kincaid and Joey's number on there, gives him a call, is like, hey, this happened, see them at the funeral, and then back off gone.
0: See, for me, I guess my thing is when I think about how I thought about part three, because I actually felt that Neil was the main character of part three, the fact that we don't pick up with Neil at all means that I'm cool with just moving on because... I'm, I'm guessing Neil's dead. Well, he died in the comic book, unfortunately, but, but that's not canon. Ah. But... The fact that you didn't pick up with him, to me, it's like, okay, well, we're moving on then. You still have the, the Dream Warriors, but is there a character storyline that you would have liked to see more explored or more screen time for somebody?
1: For me, the Dream
0: Master. Just explore the story more?
1: The story of the Dream Master, yeah. Get more yeah. credit to
0: it? That's fair.
1: Because, again, the, so the whole ending... One, is the dream title. It's the uh, subtitle. But the whole ending revolved around this supposed dream master. But yet, throughout the whole movie, we only get one line about it.
0: And that's exactly where I feel like... And The line came at the beginning, but that's exactly where I feel like you spent that first half an hour on the Dream Warriors, so you had to rush everything else afterwards. Although I do think ultimately that, especially from what we see in Part 5, like, Alice was the dream master. But it wasn't well communicated what the dream master was beyond, her, beyond just a basic little kids nursery rhyme so that's fair i would have just actually kept rick alive and just went with the brother sister thing basically killed off dan instead In every one of these movies they in part two for me was grady mm-hmm. and again you shouldn't have killed him off i don't feel like or if you would kill him off i would have kept him in the movie longer um, Little die at the factory yeah and part three i would have unfortunately i would have killed joey and probably kept Taryn. Or even killed Kincaid and kept Tara. I felt like she was more prominent. I feel that way about Rick in this one. And part five it's definitely going to be um, the one girl. And part six that uh, we, we know about, um, I wouldn't have killed John Doe. I would have kept him alive and made him the main character. The Nightmare Story, I like every movie, I feel like they, they Kill just. Kill off they, the wrong character? They get it wrong about what the audience is going to want and what they're not going to want. Outside of Alice, Rick is the only other new character that we actually somewhat connect with. He's treated like in the same boat as like Sheila and. Uh, weightlifting girl yeah and you elevate dan because you're shoehorning in this romance that we just don't care about so i would have kept rick alive i felt like the movie lost something when he when he died well, and then at the end you could have had rick with her in the church and him doing the karate stuff and the fighting stuff and maybe it would have been a better fight scene too so.
1: probably so how so how about our final thoughts
0: so this movie is a mixed bag there's no question All biased aside, I'm definitely not going to claim it's a great movie, not by any stretch. It's a drop-off from part three in almost everything possible. The deaths, the acting, the story. Not necessarily in the... I do feel like um, the special effects for what they do are pretty top-notch. Watching on Blu-ray, the director does try a lot of stuff. Even the, the going back to the 1950s thing, it's like... He tries a lot of stuff visually that actually works. There's a lot of cool special effects. Maybe only part three equals this movie as far as effects in the series goes. So, big props to the effects, but... Character-wise, I like the characters, there's just, it's almost like it's not their fault. There's not enough time for them to breathe and for us to get to know them. You're right. Once you cut off the Dream Warriors, you're going right into Sheila's death. We could have spent more time with her. Maybe Dan would have been likable to me if we got more time with him. Probably not, but maybe. So I feel like this movie could have like, benefited from an extra 20 minutes, maybe make it longer. I do like Lisa Wilcox a lot, especially in the second half of the movie. I feel like she's a strong character. She has character development. She's a strong heroine. I mean, Freddy's always entertaining. So for me, it's not... It's like in the middle of the series. Like, it's not in that upper echelon. But it's not... For me, it's not going to be bomb in the barrel either. I'm going to go 2.5. And I feel like... um, Like, if someone says 2 or 3, I feel like it's any... Depending on your personal preference, it's anywhere from a 2 to a 2.5 to a 3. I don't think it's below a 2. And certainly not above a 3. But ranking anywhere between there. This movie's pretty um, polarizing with the general audience. A lot of people like it. A lot of people don't. I feel like... It's definitely the start of Funny Freddy. You got to be in a certain mood to take in the Goofy Freddy here. Overall, I like it. Flaws aside, two point five. So for
1: me, I can't really say I enjoyed the characters all that much because unfortunately, with the problem with slashers, I've that uh, if anyone watches slashers, I'm a big fan of slashers. But the problem with slashers is you have such a short runtime most of the time, and you have such a big cast. You don't get to know any of the characters. Yep. And this is one of the, and honestly, Nightmare on Elm Street is not the movie where you can just have mindless deaths all around. Yeah. You got you got to have the killer have fun with them. You got to have characters we care about. So that way, when the killer starts having fun, we start sympathizing for the characters. But since we didn't really get to know any of them, the only other character we got to know that died is Rick. And his death was so shit, I didn't feel shit for him. I'm just it, like, hey, he, too goofy. he walked that off. It was too goofy. Exactly. The special effects were decent for the t- for uh, a sequel. Definitely for a sequel. And the, mu- the only thing I really definitely enjoyed about this movie was the music. For me, I'm going to have to give it a step below what Vic gave it and give it a two.
0: And I think that's fair. And I think that this movie, again, it's very polarizing because there's not necessarily a general consensus because you have some fans who would rank it higher. Some fans would rank it lower. I personally enjoy it, but I can also see where it wouldn't be as enjoyable for people also. So I can see it's flaws to 2.5. Like I said, you could stretch and say three. Some people do. I'm cool with the 2.5 and, and the two makes sense to me also.
1: So everyone, y'all have a good night. Take care. Sweet dreams. Yeah, that's right. Our, (laughs) our
0: Our deaths are still coming for us. Oh man. You know what? We can't give death the fear, man. If we talk about it, it's going to happen, man. Didn't you learn anything from this movie? we got to ignore that and move on. Well, consider the
1: fact death doesn't play off of fear.
0: Maybe it does. Maybe it's taking a of... Maybe death is like New Nightmare. It's like the damn Freddy demon and follows the same rules. I would have already been
1: bitten by a snake at work. Forget this.
0: I'm staying up all night tonight. No dreaming for me, <laughs> damn it.
1: All right, everyone, you have a good night. And remember, if you see Vic in the mirror, you might want to be asking yourself why
0: yeah but actually if you do then that means I'm probably dead because the dream master got me so I'm seeing my own reflection and blowing up in the mirror so
1: I didn't know vampires could see the reflection
0: well I gotta be a vampire you know what when do you ever leave your house cut the podcast right now (laughs) we're out of here